welcome to episode 16 of Wise Choice, an official Wise Music podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Adam. And I'm Paula, and we're the Daydream Club. Yeah, and so in our second episode, we did a reggae episode, yeah. fully embracing reggae, and that was awesome. So we thought we'd do another one, and as I was looking into it, I didn't realise that we'd actually somehow missed Bob Marley, <laughs> Toots and the Maytals, <laughs> the Heptones, like there's some great ones, there's so many good ones in the catalogue, so... You know, we probably could do another 20 episodes of reggae, but... We're doing um, another one We're today. doing another one. With so the this focus one, on that, yeah. Yeah. This one, we're going to look at some of the groups emerging in the 60s that helped to guide the sound from ska and rocksteady into the more laid-back reggae that we kind of know today. Yeah. Um, so kicking off with Bob Marley and the Wailers uh, with the track Get Up, Stand Up. Um, I think that's a good start. It's a good start, isn't it? Like, yeah. As if I... How did I not see that the first time around? Just... Completely missed it. It's such an <laughs> epic one. I don't know. Don't know how that happened. Maybe it was, I mean, it wouldn't have been a new sign and would it? I don't know. No idea. No idea. Anyway, it, I found it and it's good. <laughs> and uh, Get Up Stand Up, was that 1973 that was released? Yeah, 1973. Written by Bob Marley and Peter Tosh. His real name was Winston Hubert McIntosh. That's a great name. <laughs> I actually prefer sounds that. Sounds really posh, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he was actually one of the core members of the Whalers, which I didn't know this. Go on. The Whalers were originally called the Teenagers. What? No. Or they would have been young when they started. Oh, um, that's fun. And it wasn't originally Bob Marley and the Whalers. It was just the, well, just the Teenagers and then just the Whalers. Really? Yeah. Wow. It later became... Bob Marley and the Wailers, even well, though he was in I love funky. the Wailers. I love the whole connotations that that has. Yeah, so. great, great. I mean, what yeah. difference a name makes. I, I don't know. The uh, maybe the teenagers were apt, though, when they were teenagers. Uh, and maybe they were just like, oh, we can't be teenagers anymore. Well, that's the thing. You can't you can't live up. There's just no way to live up to that forever. No, no it's not. It's not. A, <laughs> you can uh, always be a Wailer, but you it's can't not got always longevity. Be a <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so in the 60s, um, Peter Tosh got singing lessons from a guy called Joe Higgs, who used to give like free music lessons to young people. Oh, nice. And through this contact, he met Robert Nesta Marley, Bob, huh. um, and Neville O'Reilly Livingston. I think all these really long, quite posh sounding names, yeah. uh, who refers to himself eventually as Bunny Walker. And so at this point, uh, Peter changes his name to Peter Tosh. So Bob Marley... Bunny Walker and Peter Tosh, which are the... Which sounds great, of, to be fair, as well, doesn't it? It does sound... It's easier to remember, isn't it? And they became the Whalers. They, mm. were, they were the three core. And uh, they started singing together as a trio. And Higgs taught them how to harmonise together. So all those gorgeous harmonies mm. you get from Bob Marley and the Whalers. You know, this you is Joe where Higgs, it starts. Yeah. And they keep, everything they learn, they kind of practice then on the streets of uh, Trenchtown. And... Uh, yeah, something quite nice about that image for me. It's very organic, isn't it, that Just as well? picturing them learning some stuff in the class with this guy who's giving them lessons for free and then going out on the streets and practising it together and honing their sound, what which the eventually is. becomes reggae. Yeah. I mean, that's that's magic in the making. They just don't know it's happening yet. It's just no. happening. It's just passion, isn't it? Yeah. Which is the best kind of music. So um, here's a little... Interesting thing. According to Marley's then girlfriend, Esther Anderson, Marley wrote uh, Get Up, Stand Up while touring Haiti, and he was deeply moved by its poverty and the lives of Haitians. So mm. that's what that's about. Um, and I thought this was interesting. In 2020, Get Up, Stand Up was ranked number one on the Rolling Stone list of the 50 greatest Bob Marley songs. Now, it got me thinking, what 
What would be That's mine? Hard. What is, what is your you top ask, Bob Marley song? Yeah, I, I was going to spring it on you. What's that? yours? Horrible question. That's really hard because there's so many. It's almost like, I mean, I, I think I work in albums as well. Oh, I don't know. Because I like Three Little Birds. Uh, uh, could it be love? Um, could, it be, is it, could it be love? Could you be loved? Could you be loved? Is this love? There's oh, a lot no. of love. Yeah, well, there is a lot of love. Um, and that's what I like about it. Because it's like... There's Exodus, a lot of positive, small no, acts. Yeah. Um, well, there's yeah. just so many good ones. So that's an impossible question. It is impossible. Um, I think this one. I mean, because he's got so many great songs, that's the beauty of it. For me, one that always stood out to me, and I don't think it's a obviously popular one, um, is Four Hundred Years. Four hundred years, four hundred years. Yeah, it's a good one. Natural Mystic, that's another good one. But I like, Ooh, there's two versions of four hundred years. There's a really slow one, which I think might have been the original. And then I had a faster version on one CD uh, somewhere. Mm. And that's the one I like. I like the faster version. Okay. Um, mm. That's just my personal preference anyway. I, I, I was curious. Maybe the If original. this was a radio show, I would put it out to the audience. <laughs> but you can't reply, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can think about it you can um, just think about it because it's a hard question I think there's too many and oh yeah and lots of great messages as well there's always a good message in his stuff isn't there mm. um, so it was the last song that uh, Marley ever performed on stage on the 23rd of September 1980 at the Stanley Theatre in Pennsylvania mm. um, yeah I thought that was interesting This is, so Get Up Stand Up was the last thing he ever performed it's a nice message though isn't it yeah I think that's I think that's how you'd want to do your last song, isn't it? With some sort of a message. Well, he could have ended on any one of his songs for a nice message to go out on. Yeah, I wonder why this um, one then. Well, so then it got me thinking because uh, I wasn't totally clear how he died. So that so I might have been getting things muddled up a bit. So there was an attempted assassination of Marley Recently, in yeah. 1976 when he was due to play at a peace rally. But that's when he... And he survived. And he and came still back. still played the concert, yeah. And said, light up the dark. That's the whole speech, isn't it? Well, he said, so I wrote it down. He said, the people who are trying to make this world worse are not taking a day off. Why yeah. should I? Yeah, that's it. What a legend. Oh, it's Such amazing. A, what a great guy. Um, but So then I, I read on, and he actually died in 1981, uh, just 36 years old. I mean, if he did all of that until uh, that age. Um, that's and it was of uh, are you serious 36, 36 so we're yeah. older than Bob Marley got I actually thought he was younger though but again like I wasn't sure if he was part of the 27 club is it or something no, yeah anyway well, he wasn't he was 36 and it was of oral lentiginous melanoma oh. a, a rare form of skin cancer that appeared as a dark spot under his toenail what really it's a hard one to spot apparently whoa um, it's, I didn't it's know that. Really subtle. You, like, you, you wouldn't even know. I think he shrugged it off because he played a lot of football. So I think he thought it was just a bit of a football a injury. Yeah. yeah. Which, which you would. Yeah. And so then he, he carried on, and uh, yeah, that's what that's what killed him in the end, which I didn't know. I had no idea. Thirty six as well. That's just too young. Yeah. Oh. What an amazing career, though. If you think, like, he started maybe as a teenager, as the teenagers. Yeah to 36 and if you think of the catalogue that he's been a part of creating I know. over those, those years well, it's a pretty fact. amazing legacy so this guy called this american musician called johnny nash who wrote i can see clearly oh i love that song tears on my pillow yeah um he had a, a quite a big hand in the development of reggae so as one of the owners of the jad records label 
He signed Bob, Peter and Bunny to an exclusive deal early in their careers in 1967. Mm. So he, he kind of, even though he was from America, I think he had roots mm. elsewhere and he was kind of building this sound that wasn't yet existing, yeah. <laughs> helping to build, you know, obviously the Whalers had a big part in it and others. Yeah. Um, so should we have a listen yeah. to the track? Yeah. So this is Get Up, Stand Up by Bob Marley and the Whalers. As we often try to do, we went digging for like a remix or covers or something of it. I did find a Thievery Corporation remix uh, from 2013. I've always liked a bit of Thievery Corporation. I've not heard this remix though. So yeah, I'd be interested in, I'm going to listen to that. I know uh, there's an album of theirs that I really like. I can't remember. Is it the, 
is it Cos- Cosmic? It is, yeah. What is it? What is it? The Cos- Cosmic Game. That's the Cosmic Game. That's the one. It was right. on the tip of my tongue, but yeah. it wasn't quite that. From 2005. So we would have been listening to uni, that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uni days. Um, it's got good kind of dub- dubby vibes and days, electronic and a bit of like trip hop and chill. It's, it's good, good vibes. Yeah. Uh, Theory oh, so Corporation, they've, they've been going since 1995 until present day. It's still going. No, that's really good. It's good. 1995, good so they were already 10 years in by the time I was listening I to know, the I know, it's mad, isn't it? Wow. They've, their album's quite, like, they vary quite a lot as well. They've almost got like a classical guitar bossa nova yeah, type one. I think they've I like got a lot that. of influences. Um, lots of different cultures in the band, which I think is quite yeah. cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I like bands like that Yeah, definitely. A lot. Well, we... We, we yeah, know no, we, we'd we like to gravitate to towards things like that. Um, so, yeah, they've done a cover. That's uh, No, they've done a remix of it. Um, oh, cool. Uh, it's good. It's got some good dubby vibes going on. So I just thought I'd include a little snippet of that. Are we just having a snippet? Just a snippet. Just a, just teaser. a little teaser. Oh, okay, uh, cool. So this is Get Up, Stand Up, Thievery Corporation remix. Bob Marley's voice and that it's so in your face that the arrangement or production on it it's yeah. like you can hear it so clearly and it's biting I know it's, yeah, it's it has got a bite hasn't it yeah, yeah. I think because with dub as well it does leave it's almost quite skeletal it leaves a lot of space yeah so then you really hear whatever parts are in there it's cool yeah that was very nice so moving on uh, we're going to stick with Bob Marley with the track Buffalo Soldier. Ah, see another good one. I mean, he's got see, when so you're many. Me. <laughs> I know. You're, oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah that song as well. Um, so uh, what I didn't know is this was recorded in 1978, but okay. wasn't released until after he died in 1983. Posthumous. Posthumously. Oh. Um, and it was reportedly one of the last things he recorded. Oh, interesting. Which could make you listen to it differently as well. Isn't it? It's like... This is the last thing he ever laid down. This is it. But I bet it wouldn't. You wouldn't be thinking that. He would wouldn't you? have been yeah, thinking. Yeah, But it's just interesting to think this is the last thing he created. I don't yeah. know. That's like mm. that's it. That's the end of the story. That's book closed. Full stop. It's, uh, yeah, that's just interesting. Um, Do you know what? Is it a full stop though? Because then you think of the influences that it, no, that's the music's it. had yeah, on other definitely. people, and Massive actually, influence. that's kind of a nice way to think that it carries on. It's not a full stop. It's not a full stop. No. I refuse. I refuse for music. Just a comma. A, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it was written by Bob Marley and fellow Jamaican Noel King Sporty Williams. King Sporty? King Sporty. I don't know why he was the king of sports. But... That's great. <laughs> I'd love it if it's one of those nicknames which is the opposite. He's like so unsporty <laughs> that they call him King Sporty. Like when you call someone who's like larger than life, they, you call him Titch or something. Yeah, he's that's bit, it. Yeah, yeah I like those kind of those King kind of Sporty. Names. Um, maybe yeah. he was just really sporty maybe he was the king of sport yeah you never know um, anyway what's Buffalo Soldier mean like yeah 
I thought you would uh, spring that on me, to be fair. Did you think I was going to say? <laughs> yeah, I thought you might. Well, you normally do that, and I'm normally like, oh, I don't know, I didn't look that deep into it, but I did. Oh. I did look into it, because I knew you were going to spring you're a difficult me. question on me. You'd think I, that we were on episode 16 or something, <laughs> and that you'd be used to me asking you difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had the same thought, actually, of like, no, yeah, I've see. listened to this song like a hundred times or more, and you know, you sing along, but... I don't know if I really know what it is. What is a buffalo soldier? What is that? So I, is I, it, I started digging. I was going to say, is it? It's not an English thing. Is it, is that why we wouldn't know what a buffalo soldier is, or is it like? Well, let me let me tell you. It's okay, easier for, rather than doing that. Uh, so so originally, the buffalo soldier were members of the 10th Cavalry Regiment of the U.S. Army in 1866. It's, so it's historical. So maybe if you yeah, you say if you're maybe American, you, know you might you, yeah. you might know more. Um, this was the name given to the black cavalry by Native American tribes who fought in the Indian Wars. Okay. Um, and the term eventually became synonymous with all of the African American regiments formed in 1866. And the name was kind of embraced by the troops. I think it was initially meant not in a, not in a good way, but right. they embraced it. They took it on and was like, yeah, we're, buffalo we're the buffalo soldiers. Yeah. Um, so they had loads of different tasks, but one of them was helping settlers colonize lands taken from Native Americans and then also protecting the colonizing settlers from the Native Americans trying to take them back. Oh. Which oh, so is interesting, very, isn't it? Yeah. I know. In the cold light of history and looking back on things, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around the scenario. But also... If you think 1866, it was hardly like black people were free in America. Exactly. Yeah. So then it got me thinking and I thought, well, Bob Marley might have been using the Buffalo Soldier as a symbol of black people and their resilience to survive. Mm, Which are tying with the lyrics a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't read any of this anyway. Everyone's got their own opinions. This is just my opinion. Take it or leave it. And then I (laughs) I got to wondering... If he was also maybe commenting on the fact that the Buffalo soldiers were once slaves taken from their homeland of Africa, then eventually brought into the army to help those same captors grab more land from other native people and the cycle continues. Mm. And maybe maybe Bob Marley was pointing that out a yeah. bit as well. I don't know. He's quite elusive in his lyrics. Like It's mainly that he uses that term Buffalo soldier and taken from Africa. Oh, I didn't know any of that. Isn't that funny? You sing along with tracks and... Well, it sounds so happy, the track. Well, that's reggae, is isn't it? Reggae. You've got that bounce. And yeah. then there's that message underneath, which, if you're listening, is there. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's gonna... interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I'm glad I, I dug in because it's like, well, okay, yeah. okay. It raises lots of other questions and wonderments or whatever, you know. Yeah. So that was my take on it. No, that's interesting. Well done, you for doing not, a bit of <laughs> preparation for me at spring. <laughs> difficult, spring the difficult question. Then, yeah. You go on to next. What socks did he wear? I don't know. <laughs> um, so let's have a listen to this. This is Buffalo Soldier by Bob Marley. Africa, brought to America, 
I've already locked into the lyrics a few times prior to listening to this. So I was just listening then and I really zoned in on um, some of the instrumentation on the right hand side. There's a hard pan of clavichord <laughs> on go. the left. There's a hard pan of some guitars. I was just kind of completely zoned into the interplay between those two. And then obviously Bob Marley and all the singers are kind of central. But yeah, that's just what I was listening to. Right there. Just take a pair of headphones on and go have another listen. <laughs> that's it. If you've got headphones on, you might notice that it's quite cool. Um, Hopefully that you might have been listening to the lyrics and trying to make your own mind up of what you think it's about or how it mm. made you feel. Mm. Um, so as with all the other ones as well, we try, I tried to find a remix or a cover. And there was an interesting one, actually. So there's a Stephen Marley remix, which is his son. Oh, that's nice. Um, done See? in 2013. This is the comma. This is the, this is the comma. comma. Yeah, he's just done going. It's just a new paragraph. Well, great. Well, good. Well, great. It's well, great. Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> um Yes, what is it? It's a remix. It's a remix by Stephen Marley, one of his sons, in released in 2013. Um, Stephen Marley is an eight-time Grammy Award winner. Blooming on his own, That's amazing. On his own right. Um, what I didn't know and I looked to, when I was looking into it, Bob Marley had 11 acknowledged kids by seven different mothers. So Rain, there you go. There's the legacy as well. I mean, that's quite a legacy. It's almost a football team. Um, ranging from musicians and athletes to authors and fashion designers. Mm. Wow, that's a yeah. successful family then, isn't it? I know, no pressure, like, is there? How many is in a football team? <laughs> 11, how many is there, 12? Is it? Don't no ask idea. me, I don't know. <laughs> you said it's almost a football team, I don't know football, so I thought I'd ask oh, you. Oh, there you go, I knew there'd be a question where you make <laughs> me look stupid. I think there's 12, but I don't know, I can't remember. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks for that. Sorry, outed you. Outed your lack of football knowledge. Yeah, there. great. You like great. music, though. That's why you're doing a music podcast and not a, not, podcast. Doing a football podcast. I'm not doing a football podcast. I'm not claiming to know. No. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, thanks for that. So, Maybe we should do a football podcast. Maybe it'd be funny. What, a football podcast from the perspective of someone who doesn't have a... And he kicked <laughs> the ball and he passed the ball to someone, the person and the team. I think it's in the same team because we wear the same kind of shirts. And I, think it, I think you'd eventually know, though. You'd if you're commenting on it all out. the time, you would I just don't know. Unless you were talking to people and, and, and asking the question. <laughs> your head stuck in the sand yeah. and just not know ever. And Get back to music where okay, I'm more comfortable. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Here we go. So let's listen to <laughs> Stephen Marley remix of Buffalo Soldier. <laughs> Really fat, it's like 
Ooh. <laughs> dirty, yeah. dirty fat. Yeah, it's, it's quite, goes quite dirty fat dubstep in the yeah. end. Yeah. Oh, no, I like that. I wasn't expecting it. When it starts, it sounds kind of like, okay, I see where this goes. Oh, no, I don't With see where this goes. With little bits of brass and stuff, and then it's like... Yeah. Oh, I yeah, love it. Fat. Very cool. <laughs> so, moving on, um, we're, we're going to stick with another one of the early Oh, legends. hang on a sec. Wait, before you go in that, oh, I can okay. confirm. <laughs> I did my research. I can confirm 11 is exactly a football team. Okay. There you go. Great. It's uh, 10 players and one goalkeeper. Yeah, that just doesn't... <laughs> 11 such a weird number to me. That doesn't seem right. There you go. Well, that, that's 12 it. feels so, more rounded. So Bob Marley had exactly a football team. <laughs> okay. And he did line football, so there you go. Maybe, yeah, I mean, that's what he's going for then. Yeah, okay. Anyway, moving on. What were you, what were you, yeah, what were you thanks, saying thanks before I really interrupted? Again. I thought we could move on. Yeah, okay. We are. We're doing. We're moving on. Okay. <laughs> I made a mistake, okay? <laughs> Didn't know. Wasn't sure. Actually, you know what's daft? Is that when you said it's almost a football team? I actually thought to myself, I'm sure that is a football team, but I didn't want to say because I was like, well, I won't know. Um, yeah, well, but I just, I don't pay attention to numbers either. No, you don't. If you don't say not, any dates yeah. at me, I won't remember them. If you say, I, but if you, I remember yeah. people's face. I remember moments. Well, I'm not going to remember your face, but me. I will remember the date you were they born. They mean nothing to me. <laughs> we're very opposite. So like it's not necessarily that I'm wrong. It's just that numbers fail me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Okay. Vindicated. So, <laughs> <clears throat> if you say so, so. going back to one of the early legends that kind of at the same time as the Whalers, they're around the same time starting off this sound that became reggae. And we're going to look at Toots and the Maytals. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, but this track is a more recent one released in 2020 called Got To Be Tough that we're going to play. Mm. Um, but so a bit about Toots and the Maytals. So Frederick Toots Hibbert um, met Henry Raleigh Gordon and Nathan Nathaniel Jerry Matthias. The middle ones are like their names. So, so Toots, Raleigh and Jerry in Kings, met in Kingston in 1962 and they formed the Maytals. Uh, and they eventually changed that to Toots and the Maytals as well. Mm. I don't know why that happened. Yeah, like Bob Marley and the Whalers. Yeah, Toots it must have been a the... bit of a trend that was happening around that time. Felt like they needed this front figure. Name, I don't know. And then the group. But they were a trio. They were a vocal trio. Same as the, the Whalers. Mm. The same start. Um, <laughs> they were initially signed to Studio One alongside fellow label artists, the Whalers. Um <laughs> And they were assigned the house band, the Scatterlights. Scatterlights. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? You know, what I didn't realise is that they were a vocal band with, with no musicians. So they had to be assigned a band. I didn't realise this. No, I didn't know that. But, um, I mean, great. The Scatterlights. Awesome. What a combo. Um, and so their close harmony gospel singing brought like a lot of success. And apparently at the time, slightly overshadowing the up-and-coming vocal group, the Whalers. Ooh, competition. Because I think the Whalers were kind of learning to harmonise. Whereas they were these guys were coming, doing it through gospel. Yeah, coming stuff. from a nice. gospel background, they knew harmony and stuff. So they were a bit more... Oh, that's pretty fun. They had the, a slight edge at the time. Um, so this, this was interesting. There, so Toots and the Maytals' 1968 single, Do the Reggae, spelled... R-E-G-G-A-Y, was the first song to use the word reggae. In 1968. 1968. Coining the name of the genre and bringing it to a global audience. So was Do the Reggae like reggae then? Or was that more the gospel style? No, it was reggae, yeah, because they, they were bringing this this sound in. So Because before that, it was like doo-wop and, and ska, which was much faster. Yeah. 
and they kind of merged it into this much not just on their own like obviously with Bob Marley and the Toots and just various different things came together to kind of make it this various more laid back version with but then very there was particular already a term characteristics. For it then. Well, I'm getting to that, oh, if you'll then. let me get to sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> right. I'm curious. I, want I know, to know, I was. Um, so the Oxford English Dictionary even credits toots and the maytals in the etymology of the word reggae. There you go. Wow. And so then I thought, well, what does reggae mean? Yeah. You might ask. <laughs> I predicted you might ask. <laughs> I didn't get to You didn't. I didn't think you had chance. You told me off for asking loads of questions. <laughs> um, well, then what does reggae mean? Well, I shall tell you, Paula. Um it comes from a Jamaican slang word, strege, okay. meaning raggedy. Strege. Strege. And it means raggedy. Raggedy, yeah. So I guess it was kind of a raggedy version of scar and that's kind of, that's which so is more fun. kept together and tight. Yeah. This was a bit more sloppy and raggedy. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, you I just have know no the term, idea. But, yeah, yeah, you just like coin different songs as oh that's reggae that's this that's yeah. that but you don't actually there you go you heard it here probably not first <laughs> reggae yeah there um, you go then so the album of the same name got to be tough was released in august 2020 yeah um their first release in more than a decade wow but then on 11th of september 2020 uh, toots died due to complications from covid19 yeah i remember that being in the news actually um so that would that was their last album release and the album was a plea for unity among people. Nice. There was a lot Again, of, though, un, like, un, what a nice final, time. I don't know, message. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, yeah, well, they had a lot of messages like that throughout their music anyway, but nice to keep going with that message. Yeah. So, do you want to listen to it? Yes, yeah, let's, let's have a little listen. So this is Got To Be Tough by Toots and the Maples.
tough And this is a warning You got to be smart Living in this time It's not so easy To carry on So if you are my friend Treat me like a friend A friend in need And a friend indeed But just in case you never know I had a dig round and I found a, a remixy thing for this as well. It's not called a remix though. It's been classed as a reimagination. Mm. So, Very artistic. I'm not sure what the difference is, but I think it's, I don't know. I think it's the, basically the same principle. It's, it's been reworked a different, yeah. with the same sort of parts, but I think he has put a lot more of their own parts into it as well. Anyway, it's by uh, Until the Ribbon Breaks, um, released in 2020. Same year. Yeah, and apparently, so this was released in October 2020, so but he'd presented it to Toots earlier on in the year. I was going to say, if he died just before September, he passed. yeah. Um, mm. I think I think he made this as well because it, it was a time of real upheaval with with George Floyd's murder and the like igniting Black Lives Matter movement globally. It felt like it was very a, 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 it's poignant, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, poignant, apt it's... song, and his video for for this tra- this version kind of features all imagery of really? that as well. I've not seen the video for it. Um so it's quite powerful and I do I do like this version. It's got some some interesting parts in it. It's cool. Let's let's play this then. So just a snippet I've got for you for this. You have to go and listen in full on your own time. Yeah. Uh, so this has got to be tough until the ribbon breaks reimagination. Actually, um, 
I feel like you maybe hear the lyrics a bit more with like the, it, it feels quite minimalist, but then it's got those little bits that sort of drop in. Don't yeah, know. maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Because the other one's kind of got that synth that's quite continuous. Like the original's got that continuous well, synth. Well, the original, around. I mean, is has got that reggae vibe again, which automatically makes things feel a bit more happy and bouncy. Whereas this has got like a hip hop groove, yeah. which makes it more grounded Dark. Yeah, it and does. heavy. I like it. So I, I don't know. know. I, I quite like it when things sound like the misery they might be singing about yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, like yeah. to feel the misery feel the the message I yeah. think is yeah that's what I mean yeah, yeah 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 um I say that though I'm saying that right now I could change my mind when I'm listening to a different a version track yeah exactly I, maybe that's a bit flippant to just come out with a swooping statement like that but anyway I'm saying that let's move <laughs> on and let's go on to we the like next that thing. we like that version though <laughs> yes yeah, so the re- very cool um <laughs> So we're on to the last two tracks and the last artist we're going to cover. So this is, we're going to move on to the Heptones. Mm. And they were emerging at the same time in the 60s as the Wailers and the Maples. Mm. They were right there in the in the pot. Um, and they played quite a major role as well alongside those other bands to bring in the transition between ska and Rocksteady into reggae. Again, with their like three-part harmonies and laid-back groove. It's, mm. all, it's all in there. They're all kind of probably feeding off each other a bit as mm. well at the same time. Um, so the track, I just wanted to include a little snippet of one of their early tracks from 1967 called Why Must I? And the track's taken from their debut album, The Heptones, again in 1967. Nice. Yeah, it's got quite an early sound, I think, yeah. this one. Yeah. So here it is, Why Must I by The Heptones. Oh, yeah. When I feel the strength, oh yeah. When you are down and out, running from north to south, what more can you do? That brings us to the last track of the episode, and it's going to be another Heptones track. This is one of my favourite Heptones, to be fair. This yeah, is, this is a really I, I like good the track. vibe of this one. Um, through the fire I come. Yeah, from the ni- 1978, so it's a bit later on. Probably started to experiment with their sound, I imagine, by then. So this is sad, though. By the late 70s, their kind of slick stage suits and covers of pop tunes were starting to lose favour with audiences who were looking for more like uh, dreadlocked performers singing of Rastafari. Hmm. Um and at, at this time, apparently, they began to be perceived as relics of an older era. I didn't know that. Oh. I wonder if that's why maybe more of the Heptone songs aren't as well known. Maybe. I mean, I think so. I think their lyrics weren't necessarily as politically charged. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and obviously the, the suits and stuff, I guess that's a bit of a, uh, I don't want to say relic, but using their words, a relic of an era of like doo-wop and stuff, yeah. you know, it's yeah, that. Yeah. And they're kind of stuck with it. Whereas maybe Bob Marley 
moved with the times and do you into. Think, do you think Bob Marley? I don't feel like he ever I did. Don't, I can't see that they would have. <laughs> think he even owned a suit? Yeah. Are you going to say? You know? <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that. I was just going to say I don't know whether they ever had that sort of look. No, maybe not. Yeah, maybe you're right. But yeah, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. But I really like the vibe of this track we're going to leave you with. Um, it's um, it's, got a it's interesting. Like, beat sort of thing, hasn't it? Yeah, that's, that's what I want to talk about. Oh, so on. like reggae, you know, you normally emphasise the three in the beat. But this is quite straight. Like, So you've got the kick doing four to the floor. And then you've got the snare on two and four, which is very yeah, yeah. Like, straightforward, not reggae. Just with the shuffled hi-hat, which is providing a bit of that reggae feel. But... The other instrumentation obviously is reggae and they're like really chilled, laid back yeah, harmonies. Like just, the that's the nice. bit that just lets you float along. But yeah, I think that beat just gives it a slightly different feel, which caught my ear and I was like, oh yeah, I like that. Um, so yeah, I wanted to leave you on that note. Uh, we are Adam and Paula from the Daydream Club and you've been listening to the Wise Choice Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Enjoy this track. Yep. Bye. Bye.
If you enjoyed our show, you might also like Composing Myself. It's another wise music podcast which features interviews with composers and writers getting into the nitty gritty about how they write and their process behind it all. You can find links to it in our podcast or just search for Composing Myself on your platform of choice.